the two page, it was supposed to be front and back, making it show hopefully you got both pages. But it's some action steps. But at first and foremost, um, we need to, to pray that God will change our hearts to understand that all life is holy. From the preborn to the aged. From from the high in society to the homeless. I, I can I can be very convicted sometimes. Uh, because we can walk by people because they smell and they're homeless and they act different than us and, and treat them as non-human. You know, sometimes we just don't even know how, what to do. That life is holy too. So sanctity of human life is really to encourage us to really look at every human being as a human being, pre-born to the, to, the, to the age, to the homeless, um, even to politicians. They're people too. <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. But but we, we but it's it's like, oh yes. Even at last week's message, the, the people who are getting us angry as we drive uh, in, locally here in Big Bear because the streets are so crazy. And yesterday I counted 81 cars between Hatchery and our house, Doug and Sand. It's 81 on the side of the road. You know, they're just, they're out there and they're parked in the road. And you know what? God created them. God loves them. Everyone. So today is that, that, that encouragement to really focus. And then uh, specifically uh, when it comes to... Um, Abortion and the preborn. There's some action steps to, to pray, um, to to be active politically, to let your voice be heard, to not be silenced. And that's what this message kind of is today is about, uh, as rising up in the strength that God has for us. Um, and so let's let's just pray. I want to pray for a few things this morning. We want to pray for everyone who's been affected by abortion. Did you know that? Um, Jane Roe, and that wasn't her real name, Jane Roe, Roe versus Wade, after she was integral, integral in, in, in changing the law, um, changed. And she spent the rest of her life fighting against abortion. Because it, it, it always takes away more than it promises, like so many things do. A abortion uh, damages women it damages men obviously it kills a child but we want to pray for the women who've been impacted by that um, some of you there, there's ladies in here just statistically speaking that that have had an abortion and and they're, they're they come with shame and, and guilt and embarrassment and regret and uh, there's actually a group that uh, has been meeting up here. I believe they're still going. There was some information on our wall, uh, a group, a small group for women who've been impacted um, by abortion. But let's pray for them. Let's pray for us as a nation that we would um, not, not make a law, first and foremost, that, that our hearts would be changed. You know, you, the, it's true, you can't legislate morality. So we need to pray that our hearts would be changed to the nation to come back to Jesus and to come back to that all life is given by God and, and holy. Let's just spend a moment here in prayer and uh, before we get into the rest of this message. God, we know that the word is full of passages that talk about how you created us, that you formed us in our inmost 
being that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, all human beings. God, that you have a plan for us. God, sometimes we can get so caught up in things that we forget that life is holy. At every stage, that you are the giver of life. Lord, I pray that you would help us change our hearts. Help us to be made aware again. Father, the issue of abortion is, is huge in this nation and the world today. God, we have really chained hands with the devil and made a pact to kill our, our children. God, we ask that you would have mercy on us and that you would, as, as, as believers, that you would empower us and strengthen us to be a voice for change, to be a voice for life. God, this morning I pray for any women here or throughout the valley even today, God, that have been impacted because of a choice to have an abortion. Lord, that you would... Um, minister love and grace to them, Lord Jesus. God, and that, that you would um, just cause recovery and life to happen to them. Lord, and I pray that you would, each of us, show us how we might be involved, whether it would be locally to help um, those who are recovering, God, or to, um, to be people who would be pro-adoption, be looking to help the, to solve the issue, God. Father, we can't do this on our own, so we ask that you would strengthen us, give us wisdom, Father. God, give the political leaders who ha- share our belief that life is holy, God, give them strength to continue to press forward to make a difference in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Life, life is holy in your life is holy too. Amen. You know, it's important for us to know that life is holy, but, but that our own life, that God created you, that God created me, and he put the, put the spark of life in you, and he breathed life into us, it was, it was God, and that, that he desires you to be more than a conqueror. That he's created us to be, be live beyond where we live. This, this, we've been in a, in a series called Limitless, and this morning I want to talk about limitless strength. Limitless strength. We talked about how God's, the faith that we have is limitless. Last week we talked about the love of God and that our love should be limitless towards others. This week I want to talk about limitless strength. This week in, in studies, and I, I always reading different articles and things, my heart gets so sad that so many people are fighting uh, sickness, and addictions and depression, but in the church and out of the church, addictions are a major problem. You know, sometimes you think that within the church there shouldn't be problems like addiction, but there are. And in fact, the, the addictions that are uh, coming into the church more and more and on, on, are on the biggest rise are sexual addictions, pornography and sexual addictions. And, and even uh, what's happening in the church is a lot of uh, prescription painkillers, prescription drug addictions. These things are coming into the church. We've always had some who struggle with alcohol and illegal drugs. Um, but these, these other sins, because they're, they're hidden. And these addictions are coming in and, and getting us. I don't even know which statistic to believe. Um, because there's, there's so many out there, and they've grown a lot in the last 
six to eight years. But, but the, the average is about 65% of Christian men are looking at pornography at least once a month. It's, it's not just in the world. There's an addiction, a sexual addiction, an addiction to pornography that is, is coming in and taking hold. And again, there's something that has been stirring up in me and I'm realizing that the things that the devil does, he, he promises a lot, but he doesn't deliver. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, illicit sex, pain, all the things, the addictions, the things that come into our life that the enemy tries to bring, it promises something and it doesn't deliver. But by the time we realize that it doesn't deliver what it promised, we're hooked. We're addicted. We're overcome. We're lost. But today, what I want to tell us is that we are more than conquerors. That we have the strength of Almighty God inside of us and that we can walk out and break free from some of these things. And, and if you're sitting this morning and, and you know that your life and you know that you have a, a struggle, an addiction, I don't want you to feel shame. What I want you to feel is that, that you can have freedom. One of the biggest things that, that we, one of the reasons we can't get out of our, our, our sin, our, our addictions, is because we keep it silent and we don't confess it. The Bible says that we need to confess our sins, that we need to, to deal with them. And they need to be a place, this needs to be a place that we can go and talk to people um, about the things that we struggle. And that's why we encourage people to be in a small group. That's why we need more small group leaders so that everyone can be in a group that's a place that's safe where they can really talk and find a few people that will walk this walk with them and they can say, listen, I need to tell you, this is what I struggle with. Because, because the enemy wants to keep us down. We, we, we look, we've been fighting these things. And there's, there's other addictions. One of the common addictions uh, in, in the church is, is addictions to food. You know, I mean, we, you know, I mean really, there's, there's a, sometimes I go, do I, do I uh, live to eat or do I eat to live? And when you wake up and you're thinking about the next meal, and then by the time you're done with that meal, you're thinking about the next meal, you realize, you know what, I got an unhealthy relationship with food. Right? And it's becoming my master. You know, but I don't want to be mastered by anything, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography or food or, or even exercise. So, some addictions, some addictions look really healthy, but it, it's actually when it masters you and you no longer have control over it, you're mastered. And your master isn't God. It's become whatever that thing is. Getting an A in school. That become, if that's your master, you know, not that getting A is, is, is a bad thing. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. But, but we don't want to become a, a slave to these needs, to approval, to anything. We, we, uh, but sometimes we go, I just, I just can't break out. I can't do it. I've tried. I can't stop eating. I can't lose weight. I can't quit the drugs. I can't, can't stop smoking pot. Um, I'm too weak. It's too hard. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll just eat some worms and die. You know, we get stuck in these places and we're just limited and we have to break off the limitations and understand that he who is in me, the Bible says, is greater than he that's in the world. And that God does not want us to live defeated lives. You know, we, we as, as, as believers should be the most victorious joyful people 
in the world. But sometimes what happens is the pressures of Christianity and the do's and the don'ts create such a pressure that we just get bogged down under legalism instead of living for Christ in freedom. Most of it is because we try ourselves too much. See, we, we don't have the strength in ourselves to be overcomers. We need to rely on God. And that's where Christianity is different than other religions and other philosophies. That what we, we believe, um, we don't always practice it, but what we believe is that we are incapable of overcoming in ourselves. But what, what New Age philosophy and other philosophies, they want to tell us is that you can do it all by yourself. And there's a trap there. See, we want to fall at the feet of Jesus and say, help me. I need your strength. We need to be empowered by him. In the book of, of, of Judges, we see, we see a couple of examples of God's strength coming through. One in Gideon and one in Samson. It's very different stories of God's strength. Samson is a story of of a man who is not submitting his life to God, but yet he's, he's trying to walk in, his, in, his, in the strength that God has given. And by the end of his life, the Lord takes that strength. But I want to focus on Gideon for a minute. Remember the story of Gideon? You know, if you don't know the story, you've heard the name a little bit, and you go, yeah, something about, he didn't have a lot of people. And, you know, when, when back in the day, in between the time of Joshua and the time of the kings, there were judges who ruled in Israel and they helped to, to bring Israel out of captivity from the Philistines and different groups. And he, God would raise up a judge to, to lead the nation. And Gideon was one of these guys that they were under attack from the Philistines and Gideon was hiding at the threshing floor trying to save all the food and not get it, get it taken away. And God calls to him and says, Oh mighty man of valor. Which was really funny because he was hiding. Because he was scared. And, and so God called, oh, mighty man of valor. And, and so Gideon goes through this big conversation with God. And God says, I have chosen you to, to be the deliverer. And, you know, Gideon's the, the guy who does, you know, we've all heard of that term, the fleece. You know, let's put out a fleece before God. Well, well Gideon's like, okay, well, if you're really calling me to do this, I'm going to put out a sponge on the ground, you know, a little thing, a fleece. And, and in the morning, I want the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. You know, and so, and if I, if that happens, if the ground's wet, but my my cloth, my sponge is is dry, then I'll I'll know. And so God does that, and then Gideon says, "Well, that's not enough. How about this? Tomorrow, tomorrow, that was pretty cool. But tomorrow, I want only the fleece to be wet, and the dry, and the ground to be dry." And so that that was Gideon, right? He's 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 not wanting to do it himself. Um, he he doesn't want to do it. God is calling him. So finally, Gideon says yes, and he gathers up an army. And in chapter 7, he has thousands of people in this army. He gets them all together. They're going to go fight the Philistines. And then God says this, this interesting thing. He looks at Gideon's army and he says, Behold, you have too many for me to deliver Midian into your hands. My army's too big? How is my army too big? It says, in order that Israel does not boast against me that her own strength has saved her. See, God is all about us realizing that it's not our strength, it's His. 
And so he whittled down from, I think it was 20,000 people to 300. 300 people, and they go and they fight the Midians, the Midianites, and they, and they overcome, and they, and, and they win the battle. All so that God can say, see, it's not your strength. It's not your strength. It's his strength. Where does my strength come from? Where does my hope come from? It comes from him. I have so many scriptures here. I just want to, want to read, read a few. Psalm 1839 says that you armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. But in Psalm 84, 5, he encourages us by saying, listen, blessed are those whose strength is in God, not in ourself. See, I struggle. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a normal man. I'm a normal guy. I struggle with the, the thing of I am quite capable. I can do a lot of things outside of Christ. I've, I've got some talents. I've got some abilities. I can, I can do some construction. I can, I'm pretty good on computers. I can do a lot of things on myself. And a lot of you, can, we're all ca very capable human beings. The problem is that we rely on our own abilities and we rely on our own strength. What happens is we edge God out of the way. And we need to begin to trust and rely on Him. Realizing that there are things in this, in this life that we absolutely need His empowering and His strength. Jeremiah 17 says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And my addition to that is his strength is limitless. Isn't that what it sounds like it's saying? In Christ, when we trust in him, our strength is limitless. There is no limit to what God can do through you and through me when we trust in him. The Bible says, and we love this verse, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do everything. I am an overcomer. I can break free in Christ. But why don't we? One of the reasons we don't break free, one of the reasons we have a problem uh, uh, and we stay in our addictions, one of them I, I talked about already, is we're, we, we don't actually confess them. But listen, in Psalm 78, there's an interesting passage, 41 and 42. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God. How, uh, they tempted God. We're going to find out how they tempted him. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. I read that and I go, wait a second, God Almighty, omnipotent God is limited somehow by me? I can limit God and this is it. Listen, how did they limit him? They did not remember his power. In other words, they did it on their own and they didn't acknowledge God for his power and his authority in their life, and they tried to do it on their own. We actually limit God when we don't invite him in to our issues. 
when we try to do it all by ourselves, and I'm just, I am, that's me. I struggle with this all the time, just doing it on my own. Instead of praying first, we, we just rush in and we try to do things. And we need to put our hope, trust, and faith in Him. We need to be willing to say, I need help. Do you, do you know the average man doesn't like to ask for help? I don't know if that's a revelation to you or not. You know, if you've known any men at all, the average man doesn't like to ask for help. Do you know why Moses wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years? Because he wouldn't stop and ask for directions. But that, that's, that's men. And, and, and I, you know, I don't know if women are the same way exactly or not. I know men better than women. But we, we are these self-sufficient people that are always trying to do it ourselves. But listen, church, we limit the Holy One of Israel because we don't remember His power. We don't acknowledge His power. We, we don't think that He's able to do it, and so we're limiting Him. I believe we limit God when we don't pray for the sick to get well. The Bible says that we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and pray for the sick and they'll recover. But when we're afraid to do that for whatever reason, we're limiting God's power to heal. We're not trusting Him. Now, yes, God is sovereign, and He chooses for whatever reason. There are people that He has chosen to not take thorns away. We know that the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, that Paul himself says, God, take this away from me. And God said, no. So we know that sometimes God chooses for, for his, whatever reason He has in His sovereignty to not do what we tell Him to do. But we should always be asking because He is powerful. He's almighty. And He wants to move through us. And He gives us that limitless strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says this, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. This is Paul talking, and this is Christ who talked to Paul. He says, take this away. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know, I'm feeling that this week. My back is really, really bad this week. Uh, Earlier this week, I came into the church. Josh was here doing something, and and most of the week, I was walking like this. If any of you saw me. So I was just making monkey sounds. Because, I mean, I, I, I could not stand straight. You know, I was just in pain. You know, when you're, you, I've been relying on God. God, give me strength. Bring healing. His strength, His power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, listen, this is what Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now listen, this doesn't say when I'm a failure, I'm strong. This is when I'm weak. Because when we're weak, we rely on God, and He strengthens us, and He helps us to be an overcomer. See, we as Christians should not be trapped in addiction and sin. He wants us to be free. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. How are you doing this morning? You ask yourself, how am I doing? 
Am I free? How can I be free? I want to be free. I want to be an overcomer. I want to have unlimited strength. I want to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. I love Isaiah chapter 30. It says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel. In repentance and rest is your salvation. You say again, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. In quietness and trust is your strength. There's an old kind of a, a little poem. It just, just hit me, and it says something like this, if I can get it right. I had so, uh, well, I'm not, I only got the end, so I can't remember the beginning. It talks about having a man who has so much to do that he wakes up and rushes into his day. Gets up early and just immediately jumps into the day. And, and the tasks of the day just begin to toil on, and he just keeps hitting walls and having one of those days. One of those days. And it was a full day. Some of you have those days all the time. And it just was an absolute failure. And so it says, the end it says, I, had s- I woke up early this morning. I had so much to do that I woke up even earlier to spend time with you is basically what it says. So he purposed in his heart to, to rise even earlier, not to start his day but to spend time with God. In, in rest, in quietness, is where our strength is. We can have unlimited strength from God, but we have to trust in Him. We have to rest in Him. We have to be quiet in Him. And I tell you, that's counterintuitive to what the world teaches. Just get up early and work, and you know, we're going we're gonna to spend the very first time in, in preparation. For us spiritually, it's the idea of the two guys who have to cut down a tree. And, and, they, and they have a race to cut down the tree. And so the one guy just picks up the axe and just starts hacking away at the tree. And the other guy picks up the axe and takes the sharpening stone. And he spends the first 15 or 20 minutes sharpening that axe. So when he cuts down the tree, it cuts through quicker. As Christians, when we spend time with Jesus... And we get our soul filled up. And our spirit man becomes alive because of the word of God and prayer. That's sharpening our spiritual acts so that when we go into the world, when we go into the things that we have to face, we're strong. We have his strength. We need wisdom. We need to be in his word and be close to him. We don't want to be far from him when, when, it, when it comes time, when the tests come. We rest in the fact that Isaiah 41 says that do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will give you strength. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the God that we serve. Limitless strength. When Jesus walked on the earth, 
he, t he, he, he taught his disciples, and he did some awesome th miracles. But then he told his disciples, he called in Luke chapter 9, he said, he called his disciples together, and he said he gave them power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Later, Jesus said that you are my disciples if you do what I command. Some people have tried to say that the power of God is only for the, old, the New Testament that it ended, just with his disciples. But we're his disciples too. And, and the, the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit coming on believers in power to give them power. The Bible says in Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1, he says, wait until you're endued with power from on high. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and you're going to receive power. And that's the power that we can walk in. That's the strength that we can walk in to overcome and to be that victorious Christian that God is creating us to be. As for God, Psalm 18 says, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. That's who you are. That's who God created us to be, is one who is victorious and capable. And he said, Jesus said that he's going to give us power and authority. He gives us authority over all the power of the enemy. What's been coming against you in your life? What is it? It's, it's, it's from the enemy. You don't have to name it out loud. We don't want to do that today. Because somebody might have the, have the problem of, of gossip in here. So we don't want to necessarily share that today. But, but what, are you, what is your struggle? What is it that, that you're going with? You know what? It's not from God. You know, drugs, addiction, depression, all of these things is what the enemy wants to, to, to bring us into. But he says that he gives us authority over all that power. He strengthens us as we rest in Him, as our confidence is in Him, as we spend time in His Word and with Him. I want to be an overcomer. How about you? Don't you want to live with that limitless strength of God? You know, you, we need to know today that there is hope. There is hope to finally get out of the place that maybe you're stuck in. You don't have to keep going around the same mountain, but we can become an overcomer in Him. I read through the, the story of Samson. And Samson's, it's always bothered me. The story has always, always bothered me, and I've, I've read it so many times. And, but I, I, I was reading it again. In chapter 13 of Judges, this is, says, There was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you can, shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. 
So the angel Lord here is actually, it's, it's a theophany. It's Jesus coming, speaking. It's not an angel. It's, it's the Godhead coming and speaking to, the, to Mrs. Manoah. I don't think we ever learn her name. And, and he says that she's going to bear a child and that he's going to have a Nazarite vow. But listen, it says, You will conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. God told her that, she, that her son had a purpose. He was going to be a Nazarite. He was going to be filled with power from God, but he had a purpose to serve God, to deliver the people out of the hands of the Philistines. God's got a purpose for you and God's got a purpose for me. His purpose was to deliver the people. Now listen, this is, this is what I finally caught this time. So she goes to her husband, Manoah, and um, she, says, she tells him what happened. And this is what she says. An angel of the Lord appeared to me and he said to me, or I'm sorry, the angel of the Lord, not an angel. <coughs> Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. I remember, the, I remember, I remember Christ saying that, the angel of the Lord saying that. You'll, you should conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink. I remember that. Nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. I remember that. Do you remember anything else that the angel of the Lord said? Razor, no razor. And he said he would be a deliverer. She doesn't tell the husband that part. I, just, I, never, I never saw it. And I wish I could take credit for it. I was reading a commentary. And it pointed out. She never told her husband that his purpose in life was to be the deliverer. Did Samson understand his purpose in life? I don't know. Probably not. Because look at his life. He kills a lot of Philistines. But you know what? Every time he kills the Philistines, it's either in revenge because he's just angry with them. He doesn't deliver the, the, the Israelites out of the hands of the Philistines. He kills them when they mess with his, with his wife. He kills them when they're trying to do things to him. And, and the, even in the end of his life, after all of these things, he's standing there between the pillars. And if you don't know the story of Samson, I, I apologize. It's, it, you just go read it. He's standing there. His eyes have been gouged out. He's, his strength has been taken away. They shaved his head. They, cut, they plucked out his eyes because he kept playing around with his strength. See, he, he had a strength from God because he had a Nazarite vow. Well, one of the first things he did, he killed a lion with his bare hands. And then he, as a Nazarite, you're not supposed to touch anything dead. The next day he comes by and there's honey in the, in the lion and he eats the honey and he's breaking all of his vows. He's constantly breaking the vows that he made. And the last one is, what, is about cutting his head and the Spirit of God left him. And, and as, he's, as he's in prison and as he's blind, he would come out and perform for the people and he was standing there between the pillars and his hair had begun to grow back. And the Spirit of God came back to him and he says, just let me have strength one more time that in my death I may avenge my eyes. He still didn't get it. He still didn't get it. He killed the Philistines, but he did it for the wrong reason. It was selfish. It was personal. He didn't understand his purpose. When we live our life for ourselves and not understanding that as believers, we've been made with a purpose that is far greater than me. That as a believer, I die to myself and I live to Christ. I live in Christ and that his ways 
should be my ways, that the things that he has for me should be the most important things in my life. I die to self. If we understand our purpose, the strength of the Lord is there and we follow it. Samson died because he didn't understand his purpose and he let his flesh, his emotions rule him. In the book of Jude, in the book of Jude, it, it gives this picture, sorry, this picture of Christians who have no power. It says that they are like clouds without rain, waves that froth up to their shame, but they don't do anything. And it says that they are sensual. Another word for sensual is sense-ruled. Ruled by your emotions, ruled by your senses. If it tastes good, eat it. If it feels good, do it. We don't want to be sensual Christians. We don't want to be ruled by our senses. We want to be ruled by the purpose of God in our lives. Sold out to that purpose. Full of the strength of God, the Spirit of Almighty God, who gives us strength in all seasons, whose arms can bend a bow of bronze, whose roots grow out, who never cease to bear fruit. That's who we want to be. We don't want to have the end of our life be as Samson, who never quite got it. He never understood his purpose. Funny thing is, he, he did accomplish some of the things he was supposed to by killing the Philistines. He protected the people from them. You can be doing the wrong things for the, you can be doing the right things for the wrong reasons and not have the success that God wants us to have. Jesus called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority. This morning, Christ is giving us, has given us power and authority to do what he's called us to do. What, what's your purpose? You walk in your purpose, you're going to have unlimited strength. Rest in him. Let your security be found in him. You know, remember the, one of the first scriptures we talked about was repentance. In repentance. I think some of us this morning just need to do some business with God and just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry I've lived for myself. I've tried to do it my own way. And now I'm, 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 I've got all this addiction. I've got all this brokenness. I've got these things I can't overcome. Forgive me. Forgive me for doing it my way. Forgive me for allowing the enemy to have a hold in my life. Come into my life. Give me that power. Help me to walk in limitless strength. Help me to know your purpose for my life. Well, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy. The beginning is pretty easy. That God made us, he's fearfully and wonderfully made us to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors ourselves. He's created us to, to be worshipers of him and, and a witness and a, and a lover of, of men to bring his words to the lost. Let's close in, in a moment of prayer. God, this morning, we're all at a different part of, of the journey. We're all a different place. Lord, but we all, we all need you. And I think we all need more of you in our life. God, 
we need more we used to sing that song more love more power but it's not because you're you you need to give more it's because we need to receive more we need to stop limiting you in our life by our choices by our living far away from you God this morning I just pray that everyone in here who who needs to just spends that moment and says God forgive me I'm sorry that I've lost sight of the purpose that you have for me I'm sorry that I've done it my own way but at some time we've all been sensual we've been ruled by our emotions and our senses forgive us God we thank you for authority over the power of the enemy we thank you for power we strength you we thank you God that our strength can be and should be in you and from you that in my weakness you're made strong that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and will give strength to my mortal body to be an overcomer to walk in victory because you know the plans you have for us God this morning even as we, we ended worship we end this service with we surrender all we give you our heart we give you our life and ask that you would help to keep us focused on you the Holy Spirit is close to us that we don't quench the fire of the Holy Spirit we commit ourselves freshly to you this morning in Jesus name Amen Amen <coughs>